coming here today to worship God. That's right. To lift his name up. Jesus. To make him Lord of our life. This is why all the children, everybody should be worshiping God. You didn't make yourself. We have to allow our, our spirit man to receive the word of God. Amen. Whether through songs or through a prayer or the reading of the word. Many times the enemy tried to come to you and, and whisper, you know, all the negative things about you in your life. But just be reminded that victory has come. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is why in the face of all adversity, I realize it's not in my strength, but in the strength of my creator. Amen. That's above any circumstance, any problem, any challenge, any obstacle, anything I can't foresee or I mm. can't handle. Victory has come. Amen. Glory to God. This is why I say hallelujah, hallelujah. My goodness. And when I forget that victory is here, I go again and I lodge in that mercy tree. Mm. And say mercy and strength to claim yet again victory has come. Prepare to hear the and grab the word of God that's able to change your life. Amen. Young and old. Amen. Because there's something and someone greater than you and your circumstance that's here today. Amen. And it's Adonai, great God. And if you're getting the word today, that means that what you receive, you are to share. You are to share this good news with someone. Amen? Amen. All right. We're on part two of the killing place. And the killing place is a really a a place where there's a sacrificial encounter with the living God called the killing place, part two. So we're going to go, first of all, to our foundation scripture where it's in Leviticus 8, verse 1 through 5. And as you're going there, I just want to share with you as you approach in Leviticus 8, verse 1 through 5, is that God really has been impressing upon me to share with you beyond this killing place in the book of Leviticus, which really deals with uh, sacrifice. It deals with sacrifice. It deals with holiness. It deals with the, the priestlyhood. It deals with all the sacraments of preparing to go in the presence of the Lord. Mm. And this is why many of us can't seem to get into his presence. It's because we have not prepared to go before the throne of grace. And he's calling, he's desperately calling at this time, a people who will obey him. He's calling for a consecrated people. He's calling for a separated people. Amen. Separated from this world. Separated from your feelings separated from your traditions, separated from your emotions. He's calling for a people that will obey him. He's calling for you to obey him. I have to say that again. Because what we've been doing, obeying ourselves and fulfilling our own desires and what we want. And I really beseech you today, be alert, wake up, Go out and get some water, get something to 
to uh, wake yourself up because God is getting ready to say something that's going to change your life. We haven't gotten to a place in our lives yet to where we really want to kill our own desires. You want your own desires to still live and your own appetites to still have a hunger for things of this world. So as we approach our foundation script, uh, scripture, Leviticus 8, verse 1 through 5, and it reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron and his sons along with their sacred garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket of bread made without yeast, and call the entire community of Israel together at the entrance of the tabernacle. So Moses followed the Lord's instructions, and the whole community assembled at the tabernacle entrance. Moses announced to them, this is what the Lord has commanded us to do. God has commanded us to do a lot of things in the 66 books of this Bible. He has commanded us to live a life that's pleasing to him, first of all. There's over how many commandments, Pastor? 613, exactly. 613 commandments. But of all of those 613, he says this. This is the greatest commandment in Matthew 22, he says, is that you love your Lord, your God, with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your spirit. With everything that's within you, you love me. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And love your neighbor the same, the second commandment. He said, these two commandments, everything else hinges on these two commandments. Is that you love me with everything that's within you. Mm. I want all of you. I want all of your mind, all of your emotion, all of your intellect. I want all of you. He has commanded that. And then he said, love and do, do, do this type of love, extend this type of love to your neighbor. With all of your mind, all of your heart, and all of your soul, your intellect, your reasoning, love me with everything. Mm. Can we honestly say that we're doing that? And if we can't say that we're doing that, then why do we keep coming up short? Why is it so difficult for us to praise the Lord, to worship the Lord, to give to the Lord? He didn't say give to man, give to me. He said then give cheerfully, volunteer to give. He said, I don't want you to be made to give. I want you to volunteer to give. Because when someone volunteered to do something, you know what's the difference than when someone's been assigned to do something and someone has been volunteered to do something? Do you know the difference? What's the difference? Someone. The heart. They're willing. They want to. And something even deeper than I'm willing and I want to versus someone been assigned to do it. No when someone assigned to do it, they do it grudgingly. Because I really don't want to do it. But when someone volunteered to do something, their whole heart is in it. And it's a mission. They're on a mission. Amen. 
they have a, they're part of what they're volunteering to do. Versus when you're assigned to do something, you still can be, be completing a task, but you're not part of what you're doing. So when you volunteer to do something, you have a, matter of fact, you've been prompted by a joy in your heart to do it. Because you know why? This is a fulfillment in me to do what I'm going to do. Has it's no, fulfilling. There's no monetary value. It's, I'm not looking to it. for anything. That's right. mm -hmm. This is why normally when it comes to certain cultures, we don't we can't seem to raise funds for things because you know why? We don't we don't we don't have a mission, we don't have a mandate. We don't have something that's driving us to get a reach a certain goal. Mm -mm. No cause. No cause. So when you have a cause to do something, guess what? It causes you to act upon the cause that developed in your heart. And you're overwhelmed not by what you're going to get out from it in your giving, whether it's in time or it's monetary. It's just because of how it affects people's lives. Your giving. What is going to change in people's lives when I give? But we can't seem to do that because we feel a loss. There's no cause. There's no, yep. I, I don't get anything from this. You need to receive something back before you give. And this is why God said, you know what? I, I come for two things. I come for your life as a living sacrifice, and I come for your money. You know why? Mm. Because you still think your life is your life. And this is why you live any kind of way you want to live outside of what God has commanded. This is why it's so challenging to be a Christian. This is why it seems so harsh to obey God. Because you're still trying to be in control of your life. Mm -hmm. But it's not your life. It's his life. You're trying to be in control of his life that he has given you. And why does he want to come for my money? He's because... I'm coming for your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have set up your treasure. Take your money, I take your joy. Lose a job, I feel like the world's ready to end. Can't seem to pay a bill, I'm challenged in my finances. So these, these things here changes your whole, your whole attitude. It determines whether you're happy or sad. Does it not? Money. It's happening right now. Paul says, he said, I'll be content in all my ways. And how can you be content, seriously, and, and a, a, a sense of reality in all of, all of your ways is that I be in Christ. Because when I'm, I'm led by my flesh, yes, money is going to rule me. People are going to rule me, what they say about me, what they don't say about me. I'm affected by it because I'm not in Christ. And I think I shared with you guys last Sunday is that um, I had told Rocky that when it comes to taking a vacation, I said the things of this world, I realize, have less important now in my life. And I said, I realize why? Because of my intimacy with Christ. The closer you get to him, the less important everything yep. and everyone else is. Amen. Amen. The less important is your money. I'm going to say that again. Your money, because that is the thing 
that brings you joy. I got to come at you. That's what brings you joy. That's what get you real happy. And so, that's what makes you think you are successful. Or sad. It's the greatest deceit is that money brings you success. It says who you are. If that was the case, why do celebrities that, that are multimillionaires kill themselves? Can't be too successful because they're depressed. They're, they're missing them. They're not whole. With or without, there you go. Paul said, I will be content in all of my ways. Whether you like me or don't like me, I'll be content in all of my ways. Amen. I'm not going to allow situations and circumstances to, to have me in this up and down roller coaster ride. I'm, I'm happy one day. I'm sad the next day. I'm depressed. That's insane. But that happens to us, doesn't it? He's Let things not go your way. And we say, oh, he's still good. He's good. But you hold your head down. So let's just talk about what's this killing place and, and why we need to go to the killing place. We need to go to the killing place because of our flesh. Your flesh has a mind of its own. Your flesh has a mind and has a purpose of its own. That's hostile to the word of God. Is at war with the word of God. And it will always be. So we have here what's going on. We, we have all of these offerings and sacrifices of the animals. And it also not only animals, but it was also some of the, the things from the ground. So you, you had from grain, you had meal offerings, you had sin offering, you had the, the burnt offerings. And we're going to go through those various offerings and, and what happened when at the, a, in the temple. So what was happening is that they, they had the, the sacrifices of the animals because of the sin. Because of the sin of the people. And so they would lay the hand upon the head of the innocent animal to press upon them their sins. It was symbolic, really, of what was happening what has happened now? Because Christ has become our sin offering. He was the innocent victim. We were guilty. It should have been us that tasted death first. Instead, he was raised from the dead. He was the firstborn of the dead so that you could have eternal life. And everything that would ever overtake you in life, he already overcame that in his death. But this has to be reality to you, that he was the sin offering. So you have to see that you died with him. And so if you see that you died with him, then sin should no longer reign in your mortal bodies. Meaning that it shouldn't have control over you. It shouldn't dictate to you your life. It shouldn't instruct to you how you're supposed to live. If it's not of faith, it's not of God. A lot of times we think about sin as, as being something sensual, but if it's not of faith, it's not of God. It is sin. Doubt is sin. Amen. Being double-minded. Me, obviously, don't trust God. You don't believe God. When are we going to get to a place where we absolutely trust God and love him? Trust him with everything. He even, wants all of you. Even that thing that we covered. So these different offerings, the sin offering, 
just to give you a small brief understanding of it, was simply paid the debt that was paid in full. The burn offering was had to be completely burned up. That means that what he wants to do is completely consume you. He wants to completely consume every part of you. Peace offering. That was compared to the burnt offering. This, this was a meal that was actually shared with God. Also, we had the transpass offering. We have all these various offerings that were done here. But what I really want to talk about now was the, the priest, because what happened was that they anointed everything with oil and the blood and, you know, all the different parts of the body on the right side. And we kind of talked about that. But what was going on that they were, first of all, had to be cleansed. They had to be cleansed. And how are you now cleansed? You're cleansed through the word of God. Every time you read the word, word, it cleanses you. From all filthiness of the spirit. This is why when you sin, you don't want to read the word afterwards. And the longer, yeah, when you sin, you don't want to read the word. Mm -mm. You want to sin more. Because you know why? That's what you fed. You fed your lower nature, your flesh. This is why it's so dangerous that when you feed your flesh, it's hard now and become an extreme challenge to be led of the spirit. Because I've been feeding my flesh. And again, sin is a lot of different things. Doubt, worry. Mm -hmm. Not obeying the word of God. If you're not obeying the word of God, you are sinning. He said, if you love me, you would obey me. He commands you to give him your all. He said, give me all of you. Give me all your mind. I, I want all your thoughts. I want to be intimate with you. He commands that. He commands you to, oh, sing unto me. He, command, he tells you what type of relationship he wants to have with you. He says, pray, come to me. Then he says, cry out to me and I will hear you. He tells you how to worship in spirit and in truth. He gives you instruction on the intimate relationship with your God. But the only way to get to that pathway of worship is that you go to the killing place. The mm -hmm. killing place is the altar, your heart. This is why your heart has to be burning forever, mm -hmm. being consumed with God himself. This is what happened with the altar. The altar never ceased from burning. It burned continually. And also the sacrifice was given continually without ceasing. A living sacrifice. So your heart should be burning all the time, being consumed with the fire, the love of God. And what happened here also is not only his love, that's consuming you. But when it's burning like that, he is making you aware of sin mm. as well. Amen. This is what the burning and consuming of the heart is the love. It's his uncomprehensible love that's consuming your heart. And at the same time, he's making you aware of sin. And when you do, you're going to draw away from me. So, I, But see, he always have a pressing on your heart, his love. I love you. This is not good for you. Oppressing on what you need to do. Turn away from that. The love of God it should be always burning in your heart. Amen. The altar is a place of slaughter. And it's a burning place. 
Amen? Amen. So what about the priest? The priest here, and pastor, as pastor was talking, he was asking you guys to lift up your hands, to stretch your hands out. And I said, I said pastor, or I was saying to myself, is that while they don't understand really what is happening when you extend your hands out. Because what was going on at the temple when the priest would extend his hand before the people, this is what was happening. This is in the Tanakh here. Mm -hmm. Basically, the priest is the conduit to bring God's blessing to the earth. You are the conduit to bring God's blessing mm. to the earth. So when the priest would stand up before the people, and this is in Solomon, uh, Songs of Songs 2, 9 through 10, behold, he stands behind our wall, watching through the windows, gazing through the cracks. Mm. What does that mean? <laughs> Behold, he stands behind our wall, watching through the windows, gazing through the cracks. God who stands behind the priest as they deliver his blessing. The illumination of his presence shines through the hand of the priest to the people. Mm -mm -mm. This is what happens when you pray. You extend your hand. You bring the blessing of God on the earth. The presence of God stand behind the wall of the priest. And his spirit emanates through the hand of the cracks of the priest. Mm -hmm. Now you through the people. But are you the priest? Are you, are you walking in the priesthood? Or are you still the community of the Israelite that gather at the spiritual house entrance? Yeah. Go ahead, Pastor. You know who took care of the, of the uh, sanctuary? That's right. Mm -hmm. You. Amen. You said you were, right? You made a royal what? See, we can finish it, but we got to be it. See, this is what happens. It's so much. This it. is why we have to really study our Jewish roots because you don't get the revelation of when I extend my hands out, what am I doing? And when I say hallelujah, what am I really saying? Hallelujah, because the reason that it's the highest praise, because the person who says it has a revelation that God has already completed everything that he said he was going to do. And I am in agreement with it. That's why I say hallelujah. So if you're not saying hallelujah, you don't have the revelation of hallelujah and what he's done. No. This is a person who is in a, an understanding of what God has already completed. It's done. Amen. So be it unto me. Into hallelujah. With thanksgiving and into my with praise. I mean, yes. I'm just saying. You, you should never have to be prompted. You mm. should have an understanding because I got the revelation, first of all, of who he is. That's right. And when I enter into that, my hands go up automatically. Mm -hmm. I can't get them down. The priest also spoke a daily blessing over the people. Mm. So when yep. you are extending your hands, this is what's being said. This daily blessing actually <laughs> serves to open the heavenly gates of mercy. So when you extend your hand, you open the gate of mercy. And then materialistic well-being comes. Even for your offspring and longevity comes. Spiritual blessing comes. Mercy, divine protection comes. And the grace blessing of all peace comes. Mm. This God. is the daily blessing when you extend your hands See? and understanding of why you extend your hand. I'll say it again. 
in the temple, this serves to open the heavenly gates of mercy. You're opening the heavenly gates of mercy when you extend your hand. That's simple act. And understanding understanding. who God is. And this is a blessing without even speaking because you have the revelation of what he's already done. Now, this is the blessing. This is my daily blessing of my spiritual needs. You can do that this is my time. daily blessing of my materialistic needs. Good this God. is my daily blessing of longevity over my life and my generation to come life. Woo. This is my daily blessing of all that I need and, and of most important true peace. This is that blessing. Mm. Good God Almighty. The priest himself he actually represents the attributes of kindness. Their service brings the flow of God's blessing. They serve, their service, because they serve the people, brings God's blessing. I told Pastor yesterday, I said, Pastor, you're truly walking in your priestlyhood. Because a characteristic or attributes of a priest is kindness and love and understanding for the people. Love and understanding for the people. So let's go to a deeper insight into Leviticus. Basically, it dealt with slavery to sin, and God had just delivered the Israelites from slavery and to take them out of Egypt. Now he was preparing to take Egypt and slavery to sin out of them, meaning now that you have been saved, you should no longer be a slave to sin because he's taking you out of that by taking sin upon him. Amen. Amen. You should not be under the grips or the control of sin. Sin should not be your, your, your master. You should not be serving this world. Amen. You should be serving God. And I think a lot of times we, we kind of think we're okay. That's what worries me every time people say that. I'm okay. That's a sign. Yeah. That's a sure sign. But <laughs> God wants us really to evaluate ourselves, and he wants us to continually take ourselves to the killing place. Kill your feelings, what you think is important in your life. The things that you, high, you hold high in your life, mm -hmm. and you put priority over God, take that to the altar. What are some things that you're still holding high and you're trying to reason with God as to why you're not going to do it? Mm. And in somewhere in our mind, we're convinced that we're okay with that and we're okay with God. But God is not pleased and God is definitely not marked, he says. So when you do something for so long the wrong way, it, in your intellect mind, you believe that it is It true. becomes right. And then when it's confronted, mm -hmm. That confrontation, I get offended. That's right. Mm -hmm. Instead of embracing truth has come to me. Right. Now, when truth has come to me, mm -hmm. I should be rejoicing mm -hmm. because I can no, I no longer now have to walk into that lie or that deception that right. I've been mm -hmm. accustomed to. That's right. And um, I, I just think that now once I'm free from the sin, that, that now that I'm saved, mm -hmm. I, I'm operating now in love, which right. there is no law That's right. that can even withstand that mm -hmm. when I walk in love. So we have to be really careful about how we're living. Am I living pleasing to God? Are you? Are we teaching our children how to 
walk upright and serve God. They're not too young for that. Do I want to change? Do I want to change? This is why, Pastor, most of our children mm -hmm. are hard to raise because our lack of raising them spiritually. You keep, and like Pastor said, instead of you really living in a blessing, you're living in a curse because you have cursed yourself. How are we raising our children? According to the world. This is why a child can look at you and roll their eyes. And they think they're okay to still stay in there. Mm. And I'm still wondering why they're still standing mm. up. This is why children find it okay to take a stance against their parents. Oh, you're going there. And this is why we have, to, we have to get them at a very young age the love of God in their heart. Amen. Because if you don't get the love of God in their heart, there's going to be so much malice and anger against you as a parent because they're looking at you as the enemy. The person that's taking care of you. Mm. And this is how we look at Christ sometimes because he seemed harsh. His ways seem hard. Mm. I can't possibly do that. <laughs> Go ahead. We try to reason with him about what we're going to do for him or not going to do for him. Just like a child. So they stand there and they argue with you. And yet again, I say, how are they still standing there? But this is what you say to God in your behavior. I'm stubborn. I'm going to do things my way. How I want to do it and when I want to do it. And so you shall have what you say and your children too. To give you what you're giving God. Mm. Good God. Boomerang. Think about it. I want you to think about it. Because then you have, you know, kids do have their, we all have our fr own free, free will. But you should know as long as I'm speaking the word of God over their life, and I've been living the word myself there first, you go. before them. Do that first. This situation is going to have to change because the word of God is on it. Mm. But you have to live that life. You have to live a consecrated life separated from this world and this world system. See, this is the thing. I'm telling you that kids don't realize that you will grow up to be a statistic because you refuse to adhere to instructions. And this is why I've become a parent. You, you guys keep making me stand back up. I'm trying <laughs> to sit down. <laughs> this is why i become a parent is that the way of the transgressor is hard. That means you manufacture hardness. You produce it. You produce your way to be hard. You're on punishment because you put yourself on punishment. I didn't. Mm. What I do is enforce it. And this is what happens yet again to the mm -hmm. adult. So when things now are going really bad for you, oh, where is God? You have put yourself where you're at. Mm. You have done that this. Amen. People want to blame God. Yep. Why are you putting me through this, God? Why, why, did you, why did you take this person away from me? Why did I have to go through this? Why did I have to go? Because you have put yourself there. What have you been saying mm. when it comes to your life, your direction? What are you saying in your situation? Mm -hmm. Are you speaking the word of God? It's not just confession. It's what you know to be true. I'm not trying to say, keep saying something so I'll believe it. 
I believe it. That's why I'm speaking it. And we have to do the reverse. Not confession, but this is my declaration. Amen. This is my declaration. I declare <laughs> and decree that I'm living a victorious life. There's no sickness. There's no disease in my body. I am an overcomer. But the thing about it is that what we're doing, we're confessing and not declaring and decreeing, which means you're not establishing, you're not framing, you're not creating, mm. you're just saying. And it's not in your heart. You're saying it from your soul. Mm -hmm. You're saying it from your intellect, not in your heart, because what's in your heart is what's real. That's right. Mm. So what's the way to deal with the sin? Kill it before it kills you. Amen. Kill it before it kills you. A lot of times when we go to church, you're kind of waiting for that punchline, mm -hmm. kind of make me feel good. Say that. This is the problem. <laughs> is that you've been hearing too many feel-good messages. Touch and it's neighbor. just been dealing with your flesh. Yeah, and stop touching your neighbor. <laughs> That's what I want to tell you. Stop touching your neighbor and listen. <laughs> But we do these type things because mm. it's a churchy response. <laughs> it's a churchy response. And we want to really start to establish, a. it's going to be different for you. Because you know why? Because we've been brought up a certain way to behave in church and to respond in church. So sometimes it feels awkward. Why, oh, why are they sitting down? And why... Why isn't he screaming? And, and why and they say, say yeah. Why, why you know, I'm, I'm used to I'm used to that. Or maybe I'm not used to that. Maybe they are too loud. We're used to everybody being quiet. quiet. So you have all these different things that are really listening barriers. Go ahead. They're listening barriers, which means they hinder you from hearing the word of God. Rid yourself of any listening barrier and be like a child. He said, he said, don't forbid the children to come to me. Allow them to come to me. Because when they come, they're not going to come with their own agenda, their Amen. own thoughts and the way and how they're going to perceive what I'm going to say. Amen. They're just going to receive it because they come believing. Amen. Amen. Excellent. So keep in mind, first of all, that we need to, to kill, kill this sin before it kills us. So you probably think, well, why do I need to kill sin if Jesus already conquered Dabble. sin? Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. I'm answer that question. <laughs> it's not the sin that you're killing. It's the control that you're killing of the sin that's trying to take over your life yet again. Mm. Because when you sin, you open yourself back up to being controlled by sin. Oh, yeah. mm. Sin has been dealt with, but you open yourself back up to it when you sin. And you put yourself in a position to yet to be controlled by it. You place yourself under the old law of sin and death. Mm. Instead of the law of spirit and life. That's right. Freedom. Free to not be controlled by sin. Freedom. Freedom from bondage. Freedom to say no to what's not of God. Mm. So you're not trying to kill sin itself. But the force of sin, that when you sin, it lures you back into the old law of sin and death. So that's why when he told that lady, 
that was caught in the act of adultery. Mm. He told her, he said, go and sin no more. Exactly. <laughs> and people ask, well, how can we not sin and we're in the flesh? Oh. Don't be controlled, controlled by, it. by it. Don't allow it to be your master. Don't serve it. Get it? Don't serve it. Sin has desires. Paul says, I crucify my flesh daily. Well, how can he crucify his flesh? Can't kill it because it still is in the flesh, right? The question is, so how does he crucify it? He starved the appetite of the flesh. The flesh have desires and appetites. The flesh has deeds that's done in it. Amen. You kill the deeds of the flesh. Yep. You kill the desires of the flesh. Got that? Amen. So he said, Paul said, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I like the way because it's in there. It's written, mm -hmm. it says, I keep my flesh under. I under. do. I keep it under. I keep it under. I, yeah, not God, but I keep it I under. I keep it under. Mm -hmm. Lord, please help me with my flesh. No. He said, you're going to deal with that. I keep it under. Mm -hmm. I mortify it. Mm -hmm. I, I do it. That's right. Okay. Jesus, Father, is there any other way? That's right. Is there any other way? Can this cup pass in any other way? Flesh was screaming out, I don't want to die. Jesus, Jesus saying, is there any other way? Come mm -hmm. on. I know you the Father. Come mm -hmm. on, is there any other way I can get in? But I love what Jesus did, and this is example for you. Not my will yeah. of my flesh, Not mine. but thy will, Father. And your will is that I fulfill your will. Yeah. Not my will. It didn't say be happy. It said, really, you are to fulfill the Father's will for your life. That's right. That is what you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But most of the time we come to church, they teach you about being happy. That's right. I don't see that. I see peace. Yes, man. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. But we need to know that when you're saved, it's not about you being happy. You got peace. It's not about you being happy. You got peace. Mm -hmm. It's about you fulfilling your purpose. That's right. Jesus said, nevertheless, not yes. my will, but thy will. And See, this, we don't, this we don't. is what we've taken up, Pastor, when we, yeah. when we said that we believe in Jesus Christ, that he's our Lord and our Savior. This is what we came a part of. We came a part of his will. will. And you laid down your will. You said you saved. That means you laid down your will. I'm talking about from everything from the top to the bottom. From your health to your finance, you mm -hmm. said you laid it all down. Mm -hmm. Really? 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 <laughs> wow. Really? I'm going to say it wow. one more time. Really? Really. Wow. Okay. All right. Man, mm. you know what? Before we go on, I have to come down amongst the people one more time. But go ahead on down. Because uh, I need to hear the people. I need to hear the people. What? It's so hard. About serving God. It's not rhetorical. No, I, I, I'm coming amongst the people. That's I want right. to answer. What is so hard? What is so grievous of serving God? David? So the, the Christian is still trying to live their life. Uh, that's what I hear you saying. The Christian is still. David. The Christian is still trying to live their life. That's why it's hard. You know why it's hard to live two lives? You can't. That's why it's hard to live for Christ and live for yourself. See? It's just impossible. One day, you're just not going to be yourself. You're going to be Christ. Then the other day, you're going to be yourself. Yep. And then I'm going to be confused. So 
Again, what is so hard Come and on, so give me some grievous? Give me some feedback. Living the Christian life. First of all, before another person answers, let's just go over a few things that he has commanded us to do. He's commanded us, first of all, to love him and love our neighbor. We know that, right? Yep. And yet we find both of those still difficult to do, right? <laughs> to love God. <laughs> then he says, for your own protection, he said, bring me a tenth of your offering, your earnings. We find that hard to do, right? You're losing them. You're losing them. Got to do it quick. Right? He, he said that, right? He did say it. <laughs> These are the did he or didn't he? Let's be honest, body of, okay. body of Christ. Because let's if, be honest. If, if we're not honest, then you can't be helped. There you go. Oh, that's so good. If you're unreachable, you're unteachable. All right. I need to reach you. So if I reach you, I'm going to have to step on your toe. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about money Please and love? Me. What is These it? are things he's trying to get us to do is to love and to release your treasure, which is your money. Talk to me, church of the living God. Don't want to take on the will, will of, of God. God. It's, and it's impossible to complete and do his will if you don't take on his will. Just can't do it. This is the challenge. This is why it's so hard. This is why we're up and down the relationship. And this is why you need to have to require to go to the killing place, your heart, the altar. Your heart has not been consumed by the word of God. Every area of your heart has not. Some areas have because you have allowed him to enter those areas. And some areas like, no, because I need, still need to figure this out because I don't quite trust you on this one, God. So, that, that, Mel, what you're saying is that circumcision of the heart as well, that cutting mm -hmm. away has not even begun, mm -hmm. so I can place it on the altar. Right. So, I mean, he had the cutting away yet. Yes. That's the circumcision. And this is why every day throughout the day, your heart has to be mm. burned, purified by God, bring out all the impurities of God. How is the kingdom of God to be advanced if we don't trust our king? Mm. How is the kingdom of God to be advanced if we don't trust our king? It's like you're in the military. You're a soldier. You, you have your commander. commander, and you don't trust his instruction and what he's telling you to do. Your life really is literally in his hands. Your life is in so much danger. <laughs> it is. I mean, but this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We are, then you going off. There you go. To another region to left your troop. No protection. No cover, no communication. Right, no communication, Pastor. Because when you, when you, he said, I never leave you or forsake you, you. But he didn't say you won't you, leave him. You leave him all the time. And then even when you leave him, he said, yay, I'm still with, with you, you always. always. But you're bullets, not with me. While the shrapnel and bullets is tearing you up, he's still right there with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I want us to think about it. <laughs> Where are we, Mom? Where are we? Where are we as from the youngest to the oldest? And the in-between. 
Where are we with God? Are we pleasing? Is our life pleasing? Is our life a living sacrifice unto the Lord? Is it a sweet savor? Is, are we sending up sweet incense of our life up to God? Or is the stench in his nostrils? But what you've been hearing is this. Because you can't seem to get to the place of pleasing God, because the church had you in the reverse, mm -hmm. pleasing yourself. So I have to tell you a message that will get you all hyped about you. You have a really great life without telling you the necessary things to actually obtain that great life. They'll slow down. When you tell them those kind of messages, feel good, it's mm -hmm. really manipulation. And what happens is when you come and you hear the real, you don't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. So we were just really talking about Praise. why we're at a place in our lives as Christians to why we can't seem to go to the next step. That why works. can't we go to the next step? Why aren't we really advancing as an individual and also as the body of Christ? Why our life is really not looking like the word. Am I to go to my grave? And this is just a, um, I'm just kind of giving you an overall, like, mm. whomever. Am I to just go to my grave, not have accomplished what God has called me to do? And what will I have to pass on to my children and their children? That's really good. That's really good. The mm. spiritual and the natural. Think about it. What, if you died today, what would you have accomplished for God, truly accomplished for God? And what will you leave for your children and your children's children? Be on your epitaph. Spiritually. Or are we still at a place that we still can't hear? Or in a place that we're still so rebellious against God because we're still trying to live our own lives? He said, to really gain your life, Go ahead. you have to lose your life. Your life has to die. You have no will. Your will has to die for you to live. Sacrifice has no will. So let's just keep in mind what sin is and how you can uh, actually avoid the pitfalls here. I'm just going to read a few scripture here. Galatians 5.24 says, since it is through the spirit that we have life, let it also be through the spirit that we order our lives day by day. Mm. Good God. Order your life day by day by the spirit. Amen. Speaking. Order it. Ordain that day. Romans 8, 13. For if you're living according to your own nature, you will certainly die. But if by the spirit you keep putting to death the practice of the body, you will live. Mm. This is what the body practiced. Mm. To war against God. It practice. And something you, you practice every day, you come yeah, real good, good at. Like second nature. The question is, what are you practicing? Mm. Are you practicing like your spirit before the Lord to worship him? Are you conditioning yourself to really know God? Are you practicing that? Are you practicing to hear the voice of the Lord? Mm. Are you practicing to hear him? Or are you practicing to heal the world? Mm. 
What are you practicing to do? To hear the world or to hear God? What are you practicing? What are you really reading? What are you taking into your heart on a daily basis? Are you taking your past? Are you taking some regrets? Are you taking bitterness? Are you taking how people have defined you in your heart? What are you practicing? Because even in your subconscious, while you're asleep, you're still practicing it. Amen. And this is why we can't change. James 1, 14 through 16. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Mm. I'll say it again. Temptations come from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Away from the true and living God. These desires give birth to a child called death. And it grows up and it kills you. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul says this, and I love it. But like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. Mm. I discipline it by hardship mm. and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit not to stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. Ah, buffet. Get this. Pastor, he says, I box my own self That's up. Right. Meaning what he says that the afflictions of this world, the things that you go through, you try to get out of because it's hardship. Mm-hmm. It hurts. You want to get out the hardship, right? Because it doesn't feel good. The way you live, the, the people that you interact with, uh, your situation, you want to get out of it because it's hardship. But he said this hardship is buffering your body. Mm. It's conditioning you. Mm. Is that you're able to be approved and not rejected by God because you're going to receive his word. You're going to apply his word. Because when you reject really the hardship in life, what you are really rejecting is your growth. Mm. Because it's only going to produce something good in you, but it doesn't feel good, so you want out. Thus, you stay in it all the time until you get it mm-hmm. right. You, you just keep staying in it. Mm. Paul says, I subdue my body. Who does? God? I do. The angels? <laughs> Holy Spirit? No. Mm. I subdue. I cause my flesh to listen to me and not me to my flesh. I subdue it. I take over. I'm in charge. I am. I tell you which way we can go. I tell you that we will praise the Lord. We will praise the Lord today. We will worship. We will give. We will give an offering that's worthy for our king. We will. Not your flesh telling you, no, I'm not going to praise. I don't feel like. Up. I don't feel like saying anything. And what you say, you shall have. Mm. So what are you really saying? Because what you're saying, you're living it out. 
you're living it out. Romans 6, 2 says, how can we who died to sin still live in it? <laughs> you can't. He says, not possible. It's not possible to be married to sin if God has died for you because he became the sin offering. Meaning that when you would do evil, you should be doing good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you would really get upset with someone and want to say something negative, <laughs> there you go. You say something good. That I do, I don't do. It takes power to do that. It doesn't take any power to haul off and slap anybody. No. None. It don't take any power. No thought. It's just automatic. Wham. Bam. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but to actually walk in love, love. Oh, when people despitefully use you and persecute you, it takes power. Of the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be dwelling in you to take control of that situation. Hey, come on now. Jesus was on there. He's opened out his mouth. He's geared to die for the people that are, are persecuting him. Get right. ready to kill him. Right. I'm dying for you. Yes. He opened out his mouth. And he opened out his mouth. That wouldn't be us. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying he opened. I mean, he, he died for the very people. Yeah, yeah. Y'all just read Revelation, them that pierced him, looked upon him. Okay, I'm just saying it's in there. We just, how can you do that? We need to really mm -hmm. realize the, the awesomeness of the great love that God has shown for us and what we should be doing in a complete obligation, not to sin, but obligation to our Heavenly Father to live a life that's pleasing to him, whether it's with our children and how they respond to their parents, and at school with their teachers, or as the adults themselves, and how they respond to each other. We are to walk in love. Amen. That is the greatest commandment. And our heart has to be continually on the altar, which is the word of God burning forever inside of you, guiding and directing you into all truth, and no falsity in this world. See, the thing about it is that we have a lot of false concepts about our lives and, and who we are and That's what good. we should be doing. And you, falsity about, uh, uh, if I have, a, uh, uh, I don't know, a luxury car or a big home that I am successful. You have a falsity even about your happiness. Because <laughs> it's based on things. Yes. That house could burn up. And even for those who considering getting married in the near future. Don't have a falsity that if I, I get married, I'm going to be happy. This is what I've been waiting on. Happiness here. This is complete. No, this is yet no, another journey and opportunity to demonstrate how much you're walking in love. Mm. Mm. Forever. Forever and ever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is what, this is what love is. This is what... This is what it's all about, is that you're able to crucify yourself in this life. And what you want to do and what you don't want to do is about what God has instructed you to do. And he has instructed us to love, love him with all our mind, our heart, and our soul, and our neighbor, and also to walk upright. We are to give a liberal offering. He has told us how he wants us to live. Then he said, I want you to live in peace. I left you my sharp shalom. I left you my peace. He don't want you to be out of your mind. Mm -mm. He's giving you a sound mind. 
Amen? Amen. What you choose to obey becomes your master. Well, there you go. We're talking about how to really kill sin or how do you die to sin. Is that you don't choose to obey it. Become a slave to righteousness. Become a slave to doing what's right in the sight of God. Yes, sir. Not what you think is right or what you think is good because you have no clue of what's right and what's good. Mm. Because if you did, you would have created yourself. Mm. Sin is the weakness in humanity, but the spirit of life is the freedom in God's grace, Amen. which means his ability and his strength. I want to get to our supporting scripture. Oh, because we're right at the time here. Come, um, yeah, five more minutes. <laughs> supporting <laughs> scripture. Romans 8, 5 through 10. And it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the spirit. So letting your sin nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life, and it also leads to peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It can, it can never obey God's law, and it never will. Mm. That's why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Mm. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you've, you've been made right with God. I just want to leave you all with a, a few little tips here in regards to losing your life to gain Christ's life. And I think I spoke about this last time. It's to accept your past. Accept your past. Mm -hmm. Don't deny it or disregard it. Accept what it was, but move on from it. Learn to forgive yourself and forgive others. Forgive yourself. That seems to be one of the most difficult things as a Christian to forgive yourself because the enemy is always reminding you of what you did. Like you don't know what you did. <laughs> Just tell them I know. <laughs> And while you're here again telling me the same thing, <laughs> never accept what's not faith. Mm. Look at, evaluate the situation. Not with your natural eye. This is why God, God really wants us, he really wants to gain you back. He wants to gain you back. He wants you to hear him again. Mm -hmm. He wants you to see him again. Amen. Amen. In order to live, we must first learn to die. Learn to say no to your desires. Learn to say no to your desires. Purge yourself from erroneous emotion. Emotion that leads to nowhere but a Useless. brick wall. And it causes you to make the, the bad mistakes in your life. Purge yourself from those. Renew your mind. With the applied word of God. Don't only just read the word of God. Apply it. And when you apply what you read. You renew your mind. 
Your mind is just not renewed because you're reading the word. You have to apply what you've heard and what you read. Now your mind is renewed because of experience. Amen? Make it a daily venture. Realize that every generational curse and disease was eradicated through Jesus Christ's finished work. Amen. It's already gone. Abolished. Realize you're able to frame your life. I don't care how bad it looks. You have the ability to speak what is not to be. You have what you say mm. because you say what you have. Mm -hmm. mm. And until you say what you don't have, you won't have it. So say what you don't have so that you can have what you say. <laughs> and I couldn't say that again. <laughs> Download it. <laughs> we're, we're under no obligation to the flesh. None. So now, so now walk and thrive in the victory of the liberated bondage that you have been in. You have been called out of sin. You've been called out of a place to where you felt that no matter how good I've done something or, or how hard I've tried, things just don't work out right. You have been called out from condemnation. Guilt. It's always appropriate to praise and clap. It's always the Amen. right time to praise and to clap. Amen. You've been called out from that, and you've been called to live a consecrated life, separated. This is what we're not hearing anymore. This is why it's so hard to praise the Lord. You know why? Because you haven't been cleansed. You haven't been cleansed. You're not clean. So you can't approach the throne of grace. Because, again, you haven't been clean. You haven't been cleansed by reading the word of God. Go ahead. By reading the word of God. We find ourselves not reading the word of God. Because every time you read the word of God, you are cleansed. Uh -huh. I'm not talking about through routine. I, I'm just going to have to read. Uh, I got my devotional. On my, I got a devotional. I'm going to read my devotion today. No, you're doing a ritual. <laughs> read the word of God. Get up and your heart ready to approach God. Amen. This is how you read the word of God. You get, your, you get an attitude of readiness to receive him. You get an attitude of readiness to be into his presence, to enter in the very presence of the most high God. You get in an attitude of readiness Amen. to receive God, to hear from God, to act upon his instruction. Why aren't we hearing anymore from God? Because you haven't been back to the killing place of consecration, of separation of the world and your fleshly desires. You've been feeding your flesh too long. It's time to feed your spirit so you can hear again. So that when you hear, your hearing is not distorted. You're going and saying, God said this and God said that, and speaking to a person's life, and your hearing was distorted because you, you wasn't cleansed. What, what God anoints and he appoints, he doesn't recall. But what happened to the anointing sometime is distorted. You have pastors preaching under a distorted anointing. 
and it's upon the people's lives. It's affecting them. Yep. And this is why they're not growing spiritually. That's why there's no more miracles. Why aren't there any more miracles? You say they're supposed to follow you. Why aren't people being set free? Why are demons allowed to sit out in the pew? Why do they feel comfortable around you? Mm. Why do demons feel comfortable around you? Why does the unsaved person feel comfortable around you? Mm. Because you have a familiar spirit. Mm. Mm. I'm familiar with that spirit. We can commune, we can hang out, we can go to lunch. Because I'm familiar with that spirit. How come when your family members come around you, there's no change in their life? Or they can't come around you. It should be that way. Not that I don't want you to come around me, sister. I do. But when you come around me because the anointing that I walk in, you're going to have to change. <laughs> or you can't be around me because of the anointing that's on my life. The anointing destroys the yoke, and it's going to destroy the yoke on your life. Amen. There's no way, Pastor, that a disobedient child can stand in the presence of the anointing. Got that right. Because the anointing commands respect and authority for you to submit and surrender under it. The anointing causes that to happen. A rebellious spirit is a form of witchcraft. And I give no room for evil to prevail in the presence of the anointing. Amen. Mm. All right. It's time that you really walk in your authority of who you are. Don't go in and out with God. Because this is what the enemy is going to say. Paul, I know. And Jesus. Jesus, I know. But who are you? This is why sometimes your children will look at you. Who are you? Mm -mm. Like you're not even their mom mm -mm. or not their dad. Because the anointing has been distorted. You're going to have to go back to that killing place to be consumed again by that holy fire. Don't ever change for people. Please don't. Don't change for nobody. When you're walking in the anointing of God, don't change. You're not walking in love. You need to change. That's right. But walk in the authority of God, what is placed on your life. And give no excuse to the anointing. Open yourself to be filled with him again. Amen. He's calling for a pure people to serve him. Amen. Only the pure at heart can handle the anointing. He loved you so much he would have to separate you from him because you would die trying to handle his word. This is why you go astray. Because it's best that you go astray than you stay and you die because of the anointing. And you're not equipped, you're not purified to carry the anointing. His word. People's lives should be changing. Our children should be obedient. Because what's on our life? We should walk in tremendous love 
because the anointing rushes upon us. We should be the most understanding people because the anointing is on us. There's no trial or tribulation that should be able to break you because the anointing is on you, Mom. Amen. There shouldn't be no affliction, no happenstance, no obstacle that's in your way that stays there because of the anointing. Living a consecrated life opens the gateway for a flow of refreshing of the anointing. Amen. A love for the word of God. A hunger for the word of God. I can't get enough of the word of God. I, I want to be back in his presence. I just was there for hours. I need to go back because I love him just that much. I love God. I need to be where he is. Amen. I pray that today the killing place, which is a sacrificial encounter with the living God, has touched your life. And your life is changed forever. I pray that you're being refreshed by a fresh fire of God come down from heaven. Consume your heart once again. Consume your mind. Give up your will at the altar again. Amen. So that God can work through you and for you. Amen. And Amen. people's lives are changed dramatically because you have taken yourself to the killing place. Amen.